That's good. Uh, if you got the good old-fashioned Bible, that written thing with pages, and you want to use that, that's fine. If you don't have anything, grab the half sheet uh, out of your handout and, uh, and follow along so you get into the Word this morning. You're going to hear how important that is this morning as we look at this uh, beatitude. Okay? So here is the uh, beatitude we're going to look at today. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. And remember last week, those who were here uh, agreed that uh, getting God's blessing in our life, getting His preferred action in our lives and in our families is a very good thing. Are we all still in agreement on that? That's where you nod your head or you say amen or yes, pastor, or whatever. That works for me, whatever you need. No, right? We're all there, right? This is a good thing, right? To get God's blessing. That is to get what, whatever God's preferred action is, right? Not ours. Whatever his preferred action is uh, to get that working in our homes and uh, in our lives. And that's the way we start here, right? That we want that kind of blessing in our lives. Uh, but notice it says, God blesses then those whose hearts are pure. So let's talk about that word for a minute. Uh, there's the Greek uh, word for it, definition, clean, pure, unstained, either literally or ceremonially or spiritually, uh, guiltless, innocent, uh, upright. What's interesting in the New Testament, when you look at the word uh, pure, there's kind of two main kind of facets and understandings of uh, the word. And you summarize them uh, kind of this way, that when you look at the word pure, um, the one shouldn't surprise us, right? We, we tend to think only in this way probably about pure, but it's about cleansing us of contaminants, right? It's uh, dirty clothes made clean, grain or flour that's sifted uh, from contaminants, right? It's uh, get, getting the bad stuff out of the good stuff, right? It's like uh, getting the ants out of the sugar, Right? Uh, anybody had that happen before? Yeah, you don't have to admit it. That's okay. Getting the ants out of the sugar, right? You want to get the, get the bad stuff uh, out of the good stuff, right? Uh, there's also a second uh, understanding of this word pure in the New Testament that companions with it. It's not just about getting the contaminants out of the good stuff, but it's also about a singleness of focus. Right? Singleness of focus. And the image the New Testament uses is wine or milk that's not watered down. It's pure. Right? What it is is when you're making the lemonade this summer and, uh, you know, you got the, the, the igloo jug or whatever it is, and you, you pour in the, the lemonade mix and you forget how many you've poured in. And so the only way you can figure out whether you got enough in is by taking a taste, right? And if you put too little in, what happens when you take the taste? Oh, diluted, right? Not strong enough. It's not pure. It's not there yet, right? It's not just the way it should be, right? It's just diluted, right? Just not up to the standard of what it could be, right? That's what it's talking about, the singleness of focus, right? Higher expectation, singleness of focus. When we come to purity, then, you keep those two things in mind now as we walk through this morning. Um, it's like also last week that there are two kinds of viewpoints or ways of entering into the action of purity that God accomplishes uh, in our lives, okay? And one is, like last week, positional. It's positional purity, right? Last week, uh, we had positional righteousness, right? How we stand before God. Well, positional purity uh, flows out of that, right? So when we're right with God, that's what Second Corinthians said, 
uh, when we're right with God, what happens? Well, when we get right with God, God cleanses us, wipes us clean, and makes us therefore pure, right? That's what Jesus accomplished for us, right? We can't do it ourselves. But when we surrender to Christ, when he moves into our lives, when he moves into our hearts, God is able to take all the contaminants, all the history, all the past, all the brokenness that we've had, everything that we've done that's been on the impure side of life, he's able to move in, take all that stuff, and wipe it away. It's baptism. What we're going to experience this morning, it's baptism. It is that outward sign of an inward reality. What happens? Yes, we just pour water, but God wipes clean a heart and a life. That is positional purity. We get wiped clean. Now, I don't want to pass over that real fast this morning and just think somehow that's just some kind of theological concept or biblical teaching. Because it's so much more than that. It is real-life opportunity for life change. And some of you this morning, some of you this morning need to make this a simple reality in your life. That you've got stuff in your past. You've got stuff in your yesterday. You've got stuff that you've been hanging on to way too long. You've got stuff that you know is just shameful and and guilt-motivating. You've got stuff. And this isn't just a theological concept. It's not just a biblical truth. It is the possibility of the reality of your life today, now. That whatever that is, it can be wiped clean. It can be wiped away. And that's what happens when we come to the table. And we say, Jesus, your Lord. And I want to be so full of you that there's no room for anything else in my life. Purity, singleness of focus. When there is absolutely no room for anything else in our life. No room for anything to contaminate us. No room for anything to pull our focus away. There is no room for anything else in our life when we're so full of him. I just want to make sure you don't miss it this morning. And that you take advantage of what Jesus did for you. And that you receive this kind of purity in your life. There's a second uh, experience of purity. It's called practical purity. And that's where we're going to spend most of our time with this morning. Uh, And that's where we spend most of our life, if you're already a Christ follower, trying to figure out, right? It is that practical purity of trying to be so full of him that every day we actually live pure lives, right? Second uh, Corinthians captures it this way. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Notice the goal. The goal there at the end is that we will perfect purity, perfecting holiness. So it's not a low standard. It is a high standard. That when we receive this positional purity, that we live out of that purity, one for us, for Christ, and we do that as perfectly as we possibly can. That we set a high standard for us to live that way as perfectly 
as we possibly can. And the challenge for us is, how do we do that? And, and the simple answer would be, well, just get rid of all the contaminants in your life. you just got to do this life inventory thing and just decide you're going to get rid of this and get rid of that and get rid of this and get rid of that. Just get the, get the ants out of the sugar, right? It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. When it comes to purity, here is the source. Matthew 5, 8. God blesses those whose what? Hearts are pure. This is the challenge of the beatitude. It starts not on the outside, just getting rid of this or getting rid of that. It starts where? On the inside. Jesus taught it elsewhere, right? He said it's not what, what's outside of you that contaminates you. It's what comes from within you, right? It starts with our hearts. Purity, not just positional purity, but practical purity, starts with our hearts. And that's a challenge. Because we know from Scripture our hearts aren't exactly bent towards purity, right? In fact, Scripture would say they're bent just the opposite, right? And moms and dads, since we're talking about the home, that goes for those sweet, perfect, wonderful children of yours, right? If you haven't figured that out by now, their hearts are just like yours. Here's what uh, God discovered In Genesis 6, after he created us and the whole earth was filled with human beings like us, he says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become uh, on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil how often? All the time. (laughs) All the time. This is the challenge. It starts with our hearts. The trouble is our hearts aren't oriented towards being pure. Our hearts just aren't positioned towards being pure, and neither are our kids' hearts when Christ isn't part of the equation. The only opportunity for us, the only chance for us to receive this blessing is through a heart that is in relationship with Christ. You see it in the New Testament too. Ephesians 4 Their minds are full of darkness. They wandered far from the life God gives because they closed their minds, hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Who's that? People that don't have Christ. That's where we go. So the challenge for us is to understand that our hearts aren't necessarily bent that way. No, that's why we need Christ to fill us up, that we can't do this on our own. That's why we need Christ to to invade our life. That's why we need to give him absolute control of our life so that he will fill us up so full that there's no room for anything but him. You get that, right? We get so full of him that there's no room for anything but him. When it comes to the home, then, think about that principle. What does it mean, mom and dad, for your home. It means your family, your home, needs to have the same heart. That it has to have a passion for purity, a desire and a passion for a heart in your home of purity. 
You, you kind of saw it show itself uh, in, in the dad here, right? The dad comes home. He starts going through the mail. He sees a fashion magazine that the world says, is, well, that's acceptable. That's okay. But what's his heart's response to that? Impure, not good. Where'd it go? In the trash. Right? What did he say? There is no room, since our family has a passion for purity, the heart of our family is focused on a passion for purity, there is no room for this in our family. Boom. In the trash. That's the way it works. When you get a heart and a passion for purity, when your heart is so full of Christ, it means... That, that those contaminants that try to invade your family, that try to take over your family, there's no room for them. They go in the trash. You look at uh, 1 Samuel, uh, you have uh, God seeking a new king, and so the prophet comes, and he's looking for the new king, and there's David and, and his brothers and all kinds of big, you know, big buff guys, or his brothers, and David's just a little little shepherd boy, and it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at where? And he looks at the heart of your family. He looks at the heart of your family. Here's the question. What's the heart of your family? What is the heartbeat of your family? The challenge, James, come close to God, God come close to you. There's the promise. If you let him be the heart, he'll be the heart. He'll come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. When he gets close, what happens? There's no room for the contaminants. What's the the struggle? Purify your hearts for your loyalty, your singleness of focus, purity, your singleness of focus, your loyalty is divided between God and God. And the world. What's more important? Is it more important that your kids be faithful or that they fit in? If you answer fit in, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? If you answer faithful, what do you think? You see, which one is going to allow them to experience God's blessing? Faithful or fit in? See, what is the purity? What is the heartbeat? What is the passion for purity in your family? What I want to do for the rest of our time is just give you some hints, uh, and some, you know, from my own family too, of, of some things you mom and dad need to think about and, and work at in your home, having this passion, having a passionate heart in your home for purity. Okay? The first one I'd give you is this one. If you're going to have this passionate, passionate heart in your home for purity, uh, start parenting your child's heart, not simply their actions. Big distinction. Start parenting your child's heart not just their actions. Look what the scripture says, Psalm 119. How can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I have tried hard to find you, uh, but don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin 
against you. Did you notice what the mom did today? When she's sitting on the couch with the kids and they were talking about gossip, right? An everyday occurrence in, in, in the world, right? Where did the mom parent her kids? What did she do in trying to help her kids understand what that's all about? She took them into the word. Parent your kids' hearts, not just their actions. Give you an example from my own life, something Jill and I really were, were committed to around this principle of pairing their hearts and not just their actions. And besides, it's Mother's Day, so it fits, okay? Um, so it, it really bothers me when I'm out in the, in the community, uh, and it's all I can do to, you know, not just leap into action, but anyway, and I'm out there in the community, and I see a mom or a dad with a, a little gooner, and the child, uh, is, is that okay to say that word, little gooner? Sorry. A wonderful little child uh, of God's amazing creation. There you go. Okay. We're okay now. Anyway, they're out there. And I watch the child. And somewhere in the, in the experience of the parent and the child, the child will say no in a disrespectful way to the parent. Or the child may even lash out and actually take a swing at the parent. That drives me crazy. That just drives me crazy. Why does it drive me crazy? Because there's this great commandment in the Word. And what does the commandment say? Mother's Day, honor your father and... That's in the Word, right? That's in the Word. Well, if that's in the Word and you're going you're gonna to parent to your child's heart, what do you need to teach them? You need to teach them to be faithful to what the Word says. That means that action is absolutely unacceptable. That is not tolerated. That is absolutely unacceptable. You can't say things like, well, you know, it's the terrible twos and little kids do that and, you know, he'll grow out of it and, you know, well, he's just in that phase. No, no. Parent to your child's heart. That's a heart issue. That is a heart issue. He is defying the word and the heart of the word of God. Parent to his heart and say, not acceptable, not tolerated at all. This is so important because you're developing his heart. It's about his heart. Jill and I didn't allow it. We just simply didn't allow it. My children never told their mother no. And if they did, it happened once. Why? Because Jill and I were absolutely committed to say, we're going to parent their heart. That's what's important. Right? It's not just the action of it. It's, it's about the character. It's about their heart. Because what's important is the heart. It's out of the heart that everything comes, right? It's not the actions. It's out of the heart that their character is built. It's out of the heart that those kinds of important decisions are to come in their life. It's out of the heart that their character is going to get formed and fashioned. Parent to their hearts. And this isn't just about parents with, with, with uh, young ones. This is about some of you parents out there that have older kids. Right? you got older kids... And uh, we have this terrible thing. 
yeah, that we have uh, bought into out there that says, well, you know, our kids are going to grow up and, and uh, you know, they'll, maybe they'll go off to college or go off to whatever they're going to do. And, yeah, they're going to wander away from the church maybe. And they're going to wander and do some stuff, I know. But, you know, when they get married, they'll come back. Or for sure, when they have their first child, you know, they'll get back. Right? No. What? What would make you think that based on what we just read about the human heart? And and why would you take the risk, mom and dad? Why would you take the risk of their eternity by just saying, well, they'll come back? No, parent their heart. Parent their heart, regardless of their age. You go into Scripture. David did it for Solomon. David did it for his son Solomon. It said, give my son Solomon. What is he doing? He's praying for his son Solomon. What is he praying for? Give my son Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees and to do everything necessary to build this temple for which I have made these preparations. What's he doing? He is earnestly praying over his child's heart. If you have an older child, you need to keep praying over their hearts. You, you just keep, don't give up. Be urgent about praying over their heart and, and find every opportunity you have to share your faith with them. Find every opportunity you have to talk to them about Christ, about what Christ is doing in your life and how you're blessed because your heart is bent towards him. Don't give up. Don't give up. Parent continually and always toward the heart. Are you with me on this? Parent to the heart. Parent to the heart. Next one. If you're going to parent to the heart, you got to do what? <laughs> you got to guard your own heart. Right? Because where do kids get it from? They watch you. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It does more than that. It influences the course of your children's life. Guard your own heart. You see, you need to look at your own heart today. Mom, Dad, look at your own heart. Is it pure? Is it singleness of focus? Is it surrendered completely and absolutely to Christ? Look what it says. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects what? The real person. Your kids will know who the real person is. You can't fake them out. You can't fake them out. They get it. They'll know the real person. So if you're going to parent your kids and have this purity, this passion for purity in your home, it means you will equally guard your own heart. Guard your own heart. And have a passion in your own heart for purity in Christ. Third one. Expect perfect Purity. What? Expect perfect purity. I love this verse. I don't know if you guys just read this before or maybe you did and you kind of blew over it. But look look at how Ephesians 5, 3 uh, says it. But among you there not, must not be what? Say it with me. Even a hint. How, what? Even a hint. Even a little hint. Just a tiny speck. 
even the smallest of the smallest of the smallest of the smallest granule. Not even one tiny, minute hint of impurity. That's a pretty big standard. That is an incredible invitation. Don't settle. Don't settle in your home. Don't settle. Don't, don't, don't just say that. Well, uh, that's the way it is. No, it's not. No, Christ can do more in your home than you think or you imagine. Don't settle. Set the bar and the passion for purity high in your home. James says, religion that God our Father accepts is as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and to keep oneself from being, what, polluted by the world. Single-minded, single-hearted focus, a passion for purity, a passion for purity. Why is all this important? Why bother talking about it today? Because of the way that the Beatitude ends. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will do what? They will... Mom and Dad, do you want your kids to grow up from little on, not just when they're older, from little on, do you want your kids to grow up and to see God work every day in their life? Do you, do you want them to be able to see and to know that God is actively doing good every day in their life? Do you, do you want them to see and understand that God is going to bring the right person into their life if marriage is part of their future? That God's going to bring the right spouse into their life? Do you want them to see and understand that God is going to bring the right people to surround them with so their lives can flourish? Do you want them to see and understand that God is going to put them on a path and He's going to bring the right career opportunities into their life so they can flourish and be successful? Successful and be impactful for the kingdom of heaven? Do you want them to see and understand that God has chosen them to carry the mantle of leadership to a new generation to conquer people's hearts for the kingdom of heaven? Do you want them to understand that their life is not about some small little thing, but it is about eternity and accomplishing the kingdom of heaven right here, right now, in there, absolutely, every day, because they see... God, I want that. I want that. The Beatitude says, God blesses. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't wonder about it. It says, He blesses those whose hearts are pure, and they will, not maybe, they will see God. Last word. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Mom and Dad, I tell you what, I want God to search for your kids. That's why we're so committed to kids around here. I want God to search every day for your kids. That He can be there working and blessing and accomplish His preferred future for each one of them. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for the power that your word brings to us. And we pray over our homes today. 
We just pray that we would have a, a heart in our homes that is passionate for purity. And, and we know, Lord, it means we've got to get serious about some things in our own hearts. And, and we've got to give up some stuff. We've got to just push some contaminants out. And we've got to get that single-minded focus ourselves and, and just pass that on to our kids and parent their heart. So, Lord, we, we ask today that, that you would just be in this room now and make us pure. Make us pure. Accomplish that profound forgiveness won for us in Jesus Christ and raise up these parents. Raise them up that they can raise a new generation that will stand for the kingdom of heaven. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is God who has a passionate heart for us that our lives would be pure and different. And it happens, the invitation happens every week here when we come to the table. And he gives us the simple gifts of bread and wine. And he invites us to let go of the past, to be pure, to be a new person, and to be able to walk into the preferred blessed future that he has for us. It all happened because Jesus came into the world He gathered a table with his disciples. He took some bread. He broke it. He gave thanks. He gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took a cup, gave thanks, gave it to them to drink, saying, Drink of all of you. This cup's new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. In these gifts, in these gifts, we receive that invitation. We receive that very presence of Jesus. We receive that passionate, powerful heart of God that our lives would be new and different. If you want to receive Jesus today and surrender and say, yes, he is Lord, please, you're welcome to come to his table. If you're not sure you're ready for him yet in that way, that's okay. You just stay in your chairs, but uh, come be back with us. Let's tell you what, what he can do in your life when you let him. But if you want to receive Christ today and be pure, we invite you to come to his table. Would our helpers come forward, please? As our helpers come forward, to remind you that our hosts will excuse you from the back of the room to the front of the room. As you come up, one of our helpers will be there with the bread. Just receive the bread and eat it. Next to them, there will be a person with a basket of small glasses. Just receive the glass. Go to one of the chalices. Wine will be poured in. And there's a basket at the end uh, for your empty glasses. If for health reasons you prefer to have gluten-free bread or grape juice, that's available at the altar. You just simply step up to the altar to receive that. Or if you have a young person uh, with you and uh, you'd like them to receive a pastoral blessing, you can uh, just bring them up to the altar to Pastor Andrew and myself. We'd be happy to, uh, to bless them as well. And, of course, uh, you folks over here, you will come to this aisle, and your bread person will be right down there, and you go back via that aisle over there. You folks in the middle will start by coming to this aisle. Uh, your bread person, Dan, is right there. And so that remember the two lines there, Dan, and you'll go through and go back via that side aisle there. And, of course, you folks will come to this aisle, and your bread person's right there, and you go back via the side aisle. So two lines in each aisle. Come to his table.